Welcome to Slaying the Sale, a podcast full of practical real-life sales lessons that you wish you learned in business school. Your host, Kyle, is a two-time best-selling author, creator of the Slaymaker Method, and in each episode, he and his guests will be answering the tough questions around sales, lead generation, and all things business to help you transform your sales mindset and move you closer to achieving your financial goals. Now, let the class begin. Here's your host, Kyle Slaymaker. All right, welcome back to another episode of Slaying the Sale with the one and only me, Kyle Slaymaker. Um, this is a very interesting episode. Um, I, I, I do have to say it comes with a bit of a trigger warning. Uh, this is not for the faint of heart, but it is an episode that I am happy to put on. It's an episode that I'm, I'm happy to give my guest a platform for. So uh, without any further ado, Jose, introduce yourself. Hi guys, my name is Jose Garcia. Um, I guess the best intro right now would be um, I'm an ex-Navy uh, sailor, been medically retired for 13 years now, uh, and a survival survivor of a uh, freak accident that happened uh, 15 years ago on a March 7, 2007. Um, the incident itself, like you said, it's, it's definitely a huge trigger warning. Uh, this is uh, about the incident. Uh, definitely probably gonna be going into a little more detail than I, I normally do. And it's uh, probably gonna be a little rough for me and uh, so please bear with me. Well, we, we um, definitely have your back. Um, and I, I want to touch on the, the connection that you and I have. Um, okay. The incident that Jose is talking about <clears throat> uh, happened on board our, our ship. Uh, Jose and I were stationed on the Cape St. George. Um, and it was probably the the biggest moment of everybody's Navy career that was on board. Um, I think that was safe to say for Jose, especially. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird how, you know, paths align and, and everything. So um, Jose, I'm going to kick it over to you. If you want to tell everybody what happened and give your thoughts and everything, the, the floor is yours, brother. All right. Thank you, sir. Um, so again, the the incident happened on March 7, 2007. And <laughs> what, what happened, it was uh, I, I came in to, to Norfolk, Virginia three days prior to that. And apparently the Cape St. George wasn't expecting me right away, or at least at that time. According to them, I got there a week early. So there was no one waiting for me at the airport. Uh, I had to call for a cab to go to a, a hotel near the base because they wouldn't let me on, even with my military ID. Um, it was probably because it was late at night. I don't know. <clears throat> but uh, I had to call them up the next morning to find out where the ship was. The, the Norfolk, Virginia couldn't 
the the base couldn't find out where it was right away. It took them about 30 minutes before they realized that they were the ship was dry docked over in the canal. And so I got a hold of someone out there. They finally got to me, um, and I did about two and a half days of uh, admin uh, work and my third morning on the ship uh, I was eating uh, I was heading there it was around 6 30 when I finally got to the ship uh, well to the barge and <clears throat> went downstairs to to get it get together for morning muster because I got there early, they told me to go ahead and go to the chow hall and get some food. So I went up, <clears throat> stood in line, ordered an omelet, uh, turned around, and I surveyed the room for for uh, open open chair. I was uh, on the table closest to uh, second closest table to the front of the the room, all the way up against the the bulkhead facing the front and i was sitting next to this someone that well, was also we, in my same room before before we we push too far um for those non-navy listeners the bulkhead is the wall the wall <laughs> we, we gotta <laughs> add some gravity to it brother i, I can <clears throat> see your face yeah. i can see that you're you're struggling so let's i'm gonna do my best to kind of keep it light and you know yeah you, you you deserve to have your story told, but I also think that you deserve to to have some fun. So, all right, sorry, right. go ahead. Right. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, <clears throat> so, I was sitting next to another guy that was also in my my unit, my little group. <clears throat> he was finishing up his breakfast. I was still eating, and he got up to go dump his tray to get ready for morning muster. And uh, like moments that like I could see him out of my peripheral moments after he he went around the corner, I see another guy coming up the the, the aisle, but I didn't think anything of it because there was an empty seat next to me. I just figured uh, someone coming up to uh, sit down and eat. Next thing I know, while I'm chewing a, my omelet, I'm getting uh, lifted up out of my chair and I have a sharp pain in my neck and uh, I scream, I yell. And at that moment, everybody around us uh, was in shock and they jumped in almost immediately to pull us apart. Uh, <clears throat> and next thing I know, I have a sharp pain in my, my side and I'm being taken to the ground. Um, the guy, slit my throat and stabbed me in the gut. And while I'm on the ground, I just hear a bunch of people yelling out. And uh, some people were taking their, their jackets off to put pressure on the wounds. And I had my hands that were, were down to my side. They were holding them down, trying to keep me from moving. And I still had omelet in my mouth. <laughs> um, I hear someone yell out to go get Doc, and they're like, they're asking where where Doc is, where where can we find him? And someone said he just left 
off the the ship. He's heading to his car. Go get him. And in the midst of all that, I'm I'm trying to get my my arm out from underneath everybody. And I finally get it out to get the omelet out of my mouth because, uh, like I said, it was in my mouth. <clears throat> and from the moment that I realized that I still had it in my mouth, I I held it up with with my tongue to the roof of my mouth so I didn't choke on it until I was able to to get it next thing I know uh, doc finally gets to me he examines the wound in my neck um, notices that he severed the artery looks at me tells me that he he got it he got the artery that he's gonna have to cut up to save my life <clears throat> and he said, he said, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. This is going to hurt. This is going to hurt a lot. But I need you to bear with me. And so he cut from right here on my jawline up to get the artery. And he pulled it down and had three clamps in my neck. Was, um, was it fibs? Mm, no, no. Uh, it was uh, modulin. Oh the, wow! The ship's, yeah, the ship's doctor. Yeah, Fibs yeah. Was um, there. So for for Fibs everybody that's, that's listening, um, Modlin was the the senior doc. We had a, a baby doc, Fibs, but I mean Modlin was. I mean, they, they both were fantastic. I, I mean, clearly Modlin mm -hmm. quite quite literally saved your life. Yeah. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Uh, Fibs was there. He he was a uh, <clears throat> he was actually there trying to keep me awake. Um, he was just talking to me, trying to make sure my eyes are uh, stay open until Doc got there. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, uh, apparently Doc was actually moments away from his vehicle, about to get in before they got to him. So <clears throat> if the guy would have waited like two more minutes, I wouldn't be here right now. Um, not too long after that, the EMTs finally got to me, which uh, the the wall to go outside was very, very strange on the barge. You had, it was the, the door and then about four feet in was a wall. And then about three feet to the left of that wall was another door. So when they finally got to me, they put me on the that board that they, they put you on. They were trying to get me out of the barge. And I felt like a piece of like I like a couch trying to get maneuvered through through that hallway. Um <laughs> they finally got me out of there after the twists and turns. Got to the EMT, uh, the the ambulance and they realized that it was rush hour so they couldn't get me across the canal to the military hospital uh, on Portsmouth. Uh, so they took me into Norfolk, Virginia to Centera Hospital because the Navy base hospital was way too far away. And next thing I know, I'm being taken into OR and being put under and 
I seriously thought that that was gonna be the last time I had my eyes open. It's it's so interesting, right, Jose? Because I'm I'm hearing you tell it, and this is um it's not the first time I've I've heard you tell it. Um, when when we first reconnected and talked, um, I I mentioned how I I helped. I was duty driver one night and and helped bring you back from either the hospital or the ship or or some shit that I did. Um. But it's it's hard to hear. Mm-hmm. It's 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 hard for me to even put words to it. Um, you know, my my heart goes out to you, um, and I mean that sincerely. I mean, the fact that you're strong enough to talk about it is fantastic. It's it's a testament to your strength. Um, Thank you. But I mean, my God, I mean, I mean. And that th- this story only scratches the surface of what you went through because of this attack. Oh yeah, and that's I, I think that's the worst part, um, because you know I, I hold my naval career in in very high regard. Um, I think that anybody that served in the navy is is very blessed, but you you weren't blessed. You were robbed. Mm-hmm. You were robbed of that whole experience. You were, but I mean, you know, you you deserve all the respect in the world because one, you decided to serve your country, but you were robbed because you didn't get to experience the fun of it. Mm-hmm. And and the craziest part is, is it's it's again, it's it's no fault of your own. He was just, um, you know, mentally ill. To, yeah. to oh. Which that's that's probably one of the parts that I forgot to mention was uh, yeah, go for it. it was only it was only my six months in the Navy. I joined right out of high school. It was only my six months in when that happened. Yeah, it, it's but but I think one of the most endearing qualities of, of you, endearing traits of you is. I'll, I'll never forget when I was reading the articles about it, because obviously I have my own connection to Mott. Um, mm-hmm. but you, you were asked your opinion, you were asked, and I believe was it during a sentencing or, or something? The first trial. Yes. Um, and you, you, you said, I, I'll let you tell it because I don't know how to put, put words to it, but t- tell us about that. Um, so it wasn't until the first trial, like I, I was obviously uh angry uh, confused uh upset concerned uh of why the incident happened to me why that happened to me because apparently one of the things the thing that he yelled out when that happened was uh he raped me that's what uh some of the other people yeah. some of the other crew members told me and yeah yeah, I, I remember. I, I mean, I, again, I I don't want to interrupt, but go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, but yeah, which was strange because the the testimony that he gave on that incident, I was 13 years old at that time, and in Kansas, not in Texas where he was at. 
Um, so they did a psyche valve on him not too long after and diagnosed him as a paranoid schizophrenic, which I know is a is a extremely serious uh, mental illness. So <clears throat> when I found that out wasn't until the like close to the first trial and they they said that he gave multiple reasons on why he did it but one of the main ones was uh he felt like i was put on the ship to kill him so he felt like he had to get me first and he bought the knife the night before which in 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 retrospect was also a serrated knife so um it shredded all the nerve endings, the muscles, everything that he cut, which uh, made recovery and still recovery uh, pretty difficult because ever since the incident, the right side of my face has been paralyzed and I live with chronic pain in my abdomen. It's but back to it's so crazy. I, I mean, I mean, maybe maybe crazy isn't the most kind way to put it, right? But um, <laughs> it's I don't know. I, I, I'm sure I'll give my, my two cents, but please continue. So again, um, when I found out that he was uh, a paranoid schizophrenic, I knew that I couldn't hold the, the incident against him. He didn't know what he was doing. Um, he couldn't control what the voices in his head were telling him. So uh, at the first trial, after hearing his testimony, and his apology, I uh, I actually asked my lawyer if there was any way I could talk to him. The lawyer said, uh, that's not a good idea. Then I, I remembered that his family was there. So I asked him if I could talk to his family. And he, he asked me, are, are you sure you want to do that? And I said, yes. So he put me in, in a room and like about 10 minutes later, his parents are walking in and obviously they were confused because the guy that their son almost killed um, was just standing there and asked to, to talk to them. So um, I asked them to tell me a little bit about him and if there was any indication on uh, this, this situation ever really happening. Um, they told me about his childhood and that uh, things in his life changed completely whenever he went off to college. Um, next thing I did is at the end of all that, I told, told them to tell him that I forgive him for what he did because I know that he had no control. And they, they, got extremely emotional which I, I understand hell i probably would have gotten emotional too yeah. um <clears throat> so yeah um well that was the last thing listen, i remember from I, the think, trial. <laughs> I, I think this is a, a a good time to 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 say this um i God, if I if I even can can actually say this, um, you know, I've met a lot of people in my life. I've met a lot of people who are 
amazing, strong, whatever adjective you want to throw in there. But listening to that, that you were able to do that, I mean, just the fact that you were able to, to have the thought to do that is, is admirable. Um, Thank you. But that's incredible. I, I mean, that's a true testament to you as a person. Because I, I, I will tell you, I, I if, if, if that happened to me, um, I, I don't think I would have the strength to do that. I don't think I would. I, I really don't. I mean, that's that's a that's a, a boss move, dude. A really well, so so they they told me that when they when they did the the background check afterwards, the the whole psyche vow and everything, they they told me that they did find out that he had prior to military service mental illness, and they said that. He apparently he was leaving boot camp whenever I was going into boot camp. So he was just as new to the Navy as I was. So with that being said, the recruiter had to have known about his mental illness because all all medical records are are uh, subject to review whenever you join any military service. You know what I mean? So it's not him that I blame. It's whoever let him in the first place. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, thinking back at my interaction with him, um, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, how, how could you have not known, right? Like exactly. the, the signs were all there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think you're right. I, I think the the blame does does fall on the recruiter, which sucks, um, but mm-hmm. especially for you, um, yeah. but. Man, I just what what an experience! What mm-hmm. an experience! Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, as many times as I tell tell my story, uh, I keep telling everybody that as bad as that was, it was everything that came after that that was actually a lot worse. Um, <clears throat> after the incident, I couldn't I couldn't uh, eat in any uh, chow hall though as, as hard as I tried so they gave me a BAS the basic allowance for for uh, I don't I don't remember the last acronym but it was basically allowance so I can eat outside of of the the mess hall um <clears throat> I couldn't be around too many people after a while because uh like I was I was in a safe place or at least a place I, I was I thought I was supposed to be safe. So after that, almost every place felt unsafe to me. So they eventually gave me BAH, which is basic allowance for housing, so I can actually live off base or at least uh, be able to live on my own without <clears throat> being in a barracks, being surrounded by people. Um, I was put on medical hold at the uh, Little Creek base, uh, basically right on the borderline, the, I guess, city line of uh, Norfolk, Virginia and Virginia Beach up against the, the, I think the bay. It wasn't the, the, the ocean, yeah, that's, it was the bay. That's right where it was. That was where um, I, I, went to, I went to A school at Dam Neck and then Little Creek was right next to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
so I was put on on medical hold there um, for about a year and a half, I think it was. Uh, they finally discharged me, but when they discharged me, uh, my personal trial on this part, the the medical discharge part, uh, they tried to medically discharge me with ten percent disability. And uh, get the fuck out of here! Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ten um, percent disability for I think they said it was the the facial paralysis. And how nice of them, how, right? How how very generous. Yeah. Um, so a jag lawyer. I don't even know if this was actually my jag lawyer, but a jag lawyer attached to the to the case told me to fight for thirty percent so I can uh, be put on a temporary disability retirement list, the TDRL, and uh, so I can uh, take five years to build a case to get. Uh, higher disability to get put on the PDRL, permanent disability retirement list. So I went with that because I, held, I was what, 19 at the time, naive. I didn't know what I was doing. <clears throat> yeah. I, I just, I just thought that's, that was the process, you know? Well, did, did you, did you get it? I got the 30% going out and then, uh, yeah. Man, that's um, God, it, it's so hard for me to even wrap my head around. Yeah, I know. It is. Like, like I know when you and I have talked a few times before, before this podcast, um, I, I mean, it's, and, and I said it then, like, it's, it's just, fuck it. it, it it's fucking nuts. It's yeah. fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yes, go, go ahead. I, I'm going to interrupt you all. <laughs> but go ahead. You're fine. You're fine. Um, so, uh, they didn't even put up a fight for 30%. The, the lawyer, I guess, already had the paperwork ready and everything. And uh, when I went to uh, DC for the, the appeal for the 10% to get to 30%, um, I didn't even have to stand in front of anybody. Um, I got there the next, uh, I get a phone call from the lawyer. The next day he comes to the, the hotel I was in and asked uh, like gives me the paperwork to fill out and then sends me back home or sends me back to uh little creek um good god yeah so i got discharged on uh august 26th i believe of 2009 no 2008 sorry and uh i was still in in norfolk for a little while stayed with some friends um mostly because uh i was very hesitant on going home because the entire time since the incident um as many times as i as i tried to get help and like especially uh, emotional support from my family uh they just wanted to pretend like it never happened and anytime i would bring it up they made me the bad guy which I kind of understood why why they didn't want to talk about it because when I was 17, they were the ones that helped sign the paperwork to get me in the military. Well, uh, but what they don't understand is I was going to join at 18 either way. So me 
at 17 asking them to help me fill out the paperwork early was just my way of getting them involved. I was going in either way. And, and that should, <clears throat> I, I mean, I feel like I'm a, I'm a biased source, right? Like I, <laughs> it, it's hard for me to be like, uh, well, I get where they're coming from, but I, I mean, all bullshit aside, I, I don't get where they're coming from. I mean, I, well, I, I went in, you went in. I, I have the utmost respect for you. God, Jesus. I mean, after everything you went through, of course I have the utmost respect for you. But <laughs> I'm sorry, bud. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. I mean, that that's all I can say. Like, you're you're a good guy. I, I mean, that's that's the brass tacks. Like, it's not like you're some shitbag that joined the Navy. You're a kid that, or you were a kid that. I don't know. At what point do we stop calling ourselves kid, right? We're both in our <laughs> mid thirties. Um, but you know, you, you wanted to fight for your country. You decided you were going to do it. You went in and then this shit happened. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's hard for me to, to find fault with it. Right. Um, <clears throat> so six months after the incident happened because of the, uh, <clears throat> I was, I was, put on antidepressants and everything and like I said the practically the entire time my family didn't want to talk about it so I felt like I was doing this all on my own and six months after the incident uh, I tried to kill myself um using my car listen you want you want my honest opinion here Hmm. I, I get it I mean, I, I I can't even imagine the headspace you were in. So I, I appreciate you being vulnerable enough to tell the audience. I, uh-huh. You deserve a, a round of applause for that, if that's something that deserves a round of applause. But um, I, I told you, we're going to have fun, man. You and I, yeah. I'm, I'm so fucking proud and glad to be giving you a platform here. So please. Appreciate it. Keep going. I'll interject my tasteless jokes when I can. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <clears throat> so it was actually using my vehicle. I was at, at that time. I was driving so so much that I, I basically had a had the the highways and everything down packed. So um, at one point, I was driving at night just to clear my head and realized that I was alone in all of this. And I knew that there was a uh, on uh, an off ramp guardrail coming up, and uh, I went full speed trying to go to it. And uh, you know, when when you're at uh, certain points of of your life, it seems like time slows down. Uh, that's it, it felt like that guardrail was taking forever, and out of the corner of my eye. I get a notification on my phone from an old friend. And as soon as I saw that, I snapped out of it and the guardrail was practically right there. And I turned the wheel, I tried to go up the the the, the off ramp and I practically went the guardrail the entire way up. Um, uh, it was on a, on a Friday night Saturday morning, I went. I took my car to the shop 
and asked them if they can do a rush fix on this. Um, they called the local uh, scrapyard and found two doors, same color, same car. They replaced the doors, but they didn't have a fender on the left side. And uh, so they had to order that from a local warehouse, got it. It was still matted black and I didn't want it painted yet. I didn't have the money yet after buying two doors and the the fender <clears throat> so i just kept that there and at the same time it was also a, a good reminder of what not to do um let's see uh after i got out of the military that's amazing uh, it was i i lo- i love that it's um like, like you you did that i love that you were like no this is I, I need to keep this to remind me. Like I need to, I need to understand this is why I did it, and it's time to grow. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> after I got out of the military, like I said, I, I stayed with some friends for a while because I was hesitant on going home. In uh, end of January, my mom asked me to come home. And so I, I packed up my things. I got in my vehicle uh, around mid-February and started heading out. And not not even five minutes on the highway heading towards uh, Richmond to to take the highway uh, straight across. I forgot which one that one is. But uh, I get T-boned on the highway. Um, it rained the night before. It was a two-lane Jesus. highway. If, if yeah, it were for, if it weren't for bad luck, you'd have no luck at all. Holy shit! I, I know. Right? I mean, at right. this point, you're gonna be like, and then I stubbed my fucking toe. <laughs> like, holy well, shit! Thankfully, thankfully, the the getting T-bone wasn't too terribly bad. Uh, at least not on the the physical aspect. Uh, you're the, the mental... only person I know that would get T-bone and go, ah. That's all right. <laughs> so, so the the thing is, is like I said, it was a two lane highway. It rained the night before. Uh, there was like ten car lengths in front of me, and the guy that that was in front of me was in the left lane, and I was in the right lane. And for some fucking reason, he decided that he needed to go to the right lane as fast as possible. Loses control of the vehicle, goes into the wall on the the highway bounces off the wall and t-bones which is why it wasn't that bad it was he 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 lost momentum when he hit the wall but it could have been a lot worse let's just say that thankfully it didn't cause like a a huge uh pileup um so he t-boned me Uh, i pulled over to the side of the road checked on him um uh, waited for the cops to exchange information and uh, once that happened uh, I was driving away and uh, the adrenaline everything from that moment uh, started going away and then all the thoughts of, of everything that's happened up to that moment uh, started flooding in my head and next thing I know I'm, I'm waking up next to a stranger like I didn't go into a coma or anything I blacked out I guess 
and I'm waking up next to a stranger. And for a while there, I didn't even know who I was at the moment. Uh, I got out, I jumped out of bed because I knew nothing around me uh, looked familiar. And I, I, I was rushing, looking for clothing, looking for any, any kind of sign of what was going on, looking for a bathroom. I finally made it to the bathroom. <clears throat> I was looking in the mirror and uh, I started remembering things, who I was, some incidents, uh, but not why I was in that place. Uh, finally found uh, some pictures of me and her, which didn't look like me at all. Like the way I look right now, I, I was like 60 pounds heavier. I was about 220, 230 pounds at that time. And I, I found a phone, apparently it was my phone because uh, I put in, it was it, like, I, I didn't even know what the hell like phones were like at that time because the last phone I remember having was a, a Blackberry Pearl. Um, so I found the phone, uh, was playing around with it, looking yeah, at you're, you're uh, yourself on that one, brother. You what? I said, you're dating yourself on that one. People haven't uh, had Blackberries I, for years. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. Um, <clears throat> so I found the phone, I started scrolling, and when I was uh, looking at it, it said uh, March of 2015. And I, I can't remember the exact day. I'm pretty sure it was like March 3rd, March 4th. Good God. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, realizing that and seeing that, I realized that I lost about five years of my life. And uh, I saw, like I said, I saw pictures of me and the, that woman and uh, we were married. It was a wedding picture. And I didn't say anything about it right away. Cause, uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to make any confusion. I mean, I can, I can only imagine what you felt during that moment. Yeah, that's definitely very, very confusing. But like I said, oh, I can okay. imagine. <laughs> um, I don't want to um, cause any any confusion uh, to anyone else. So I kept it to myself. I tried to figure out what was going on. I uh, was trying to figure out everything that was going on around that time and that time frame that I missed. And uh, just, um, I didn't tell her, I didn't tell anybody because I was trying to figure out if that's where I was meant to be, you know, because why else would I have finally come out of whatever the fuck it happened? Um, next thing I know, I'm on a... Uh, I'm heading to San Francisco for uh, on-the-job training for this job, and it was a it was I actually liked this job. It was a work-from-home kind of job, uh, or at least a telework. 
um, before I even knew what telework was. <laughs> At that time, that's internet the, that's was the mega, the the mega pre COVID days. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> oh man. But uh, yeah, it was it was nuts. I I had to I had a lot to catch up on. I had TV shows, uh, social media. To, Hell, at that time, back in what, 2008, 2009, MySpace was still a thing. <laughs> oh, I, I, there was so much that I had to try and catch up on. It was definitely nuts. Um, a few months after that, uh, a few months after that, I uh uh me and me and my my wife at the time we were having some issues apparently um she wanted to to take a break not like a like a separation kind of thing she just uh, graduated from her her college uh working on one of her degrees and she wanted to take some time to figure her next move out so um i i, I gave her that time I, I told her go ahead mainly because i still needed time to figure some shit out um and the the day that she moved everything out or at least moved what she needed out to live with one of her best friends at the time and her family um she forgot that she left her Facebook account logged into my my laptop, and uh, messages started popping up on the on the corner of my my laptop, and it was uh, her and this one of her ex coworkers talking about hooking up that night. That uh, she. Feels God. Uh, she, yeah, yeah. She 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 would feel less guilty now because uh, she's more or less single. And Brother, as soon as I, I as soon as listen, I saw that, listen, I I, I love you. I, I do. <laughs> I, I think I, I think you've been dealt uh, a, a shit hand. A shitty, yeah. Yep. But um, uh, I mean, I, like I feel, hand after hand after hand. I feel like you're walking around with a sign that says, "Please kick me in the nuts." We'll, yeah, we'll, right. we'll pay five dollars, right? Uh, <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, I mean, I mean, hell, that, 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 I feel like that's all I'm worth, right? <laughs> oh, God, you even made my my joke worse. Holy shit! <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I mean, hell, the, the, shit, the, like the this. VA, the military tried to discharge me with ten percent. The my parents, all that stuff, man. It's just it's yeah. Just then you gotta a crazy you gotta fucking ride. You, you gotta fucking you gotta you gotta cap it off with the with some infidelity. I mean, you know, hey, why not? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but why not? Jesus uh, Christ! I, I, I hope know. you hit the lottery. You at some point you got to get thrown a bone. You would think. You would think. When when when's it my turn, right? <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, as soon as I I, I saw that the, those messages, I called her up. And I'm like, hey, um, I want a divorce. And obviously, she was a little confused. <laughs> hey, I questioned it. By the way, <laughs> right? Good for you. Um, 
Yeah. Um, I told her, uh, you left your Facebook logged into my, my laptop and uh, I saw those messages. Yeah. Uh, I want a divorce and don't you ask for anything. Um, obviously she was silent and shock and, and everything. And then I asked her, how long has this been going on? And she said on and off for about three, three and a half years. And we were married for five. Oh my God. Every sentence you say, it just gets shittier and shittier. <laughs> yes, it hell. does. Yes, it does. Um, so, um, I, I, I say, well, I hope it was worth it. And I go to hang up and I hear, I hear her start saying, I'm sorry, which I don't believe it. Uh, hell, I'm pretty sure she, if she was sorry, she wouldn't have done it in the first place. And she definitely wouldn't be messaging that stuff that night. I think she was just sorry she got caught, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, went through the whole divorce process. I finally decided to get my life back together. So I started working out. I lost about, uh, I was on unemployment at the time because the, the job that I was doing was uh, working for the, the drivers of NASCAR during the, uh, the races. And uh, they, obviously they have an off season. So while they were on the off season, I filed for unemployment. So I can work on myself, get back into shape, all this. And because I was practically at the gym almost every single day and eating right and all that stuff, uh, I lost about 50 pounds. And what's funny is uh, one of my favorite comedians, his name is uh, Christopher Titus. And uh, one of the jokes that he says uh, about going through, yeah, one of the jokes that he says about going going through his divorce because he said he lost about 20 pounds as well he said because that's what a soul weighs because he he lost his soul in the, the divorce <laughs> uh, so yeah went through the the divorce process uh and after that uh i didn't even get a call back from the the company that I was working for, I had to call them to to see uh, about when they were starting back up. But um, they said uh, they thought I quit because I filed for unemployment, even though filing for unemployment was their idea for the off season. Um, they also said that they don't need me anymore, and one of the issues that they were having was. Uh, because my my wife at the time kept interrupting while I was working because apparently she didn't see a, a job that worked from home as an actual job, even though I was making double money that she was doing and all I did hmm. was work on weekends. I wonder, I wonder what she thinks now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I cut all her right. out of my life completely. All right. Well, <laughs> listen, Jose, this is going to have to be a, a multiple part episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, most you, definitely. You deserve so much more time. Um, mm-hmm. So, what we'll do is is we're gonna we're gonna cut this here, and then we're gonna reschedule. Um, mm-hmm. I guess not. Yeah, welcome to my life. Um, yeah, the dog agrees. 
We're going to get you some more time. We'll give you another, you know, one to two hours, and we're going to get your whole story out there. And we're going to have fun doing it. So right. I, uh-huh. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us this week on Slaying the Sale. If you're interested in knowing more about Kyle, make sure you head over to his website, theslaymakermethod.com, and pick up a copy of his best-selling books. Then head to Facebook to join his private group, Slaymaker Sales Mastery, to become the number one salesperson in your company. And until next time, remember to keep slaying the sale.